Hey guys, welcome to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today is our first bonus episode, and we picked a good one, a Goofy movie. According to Google Movies, though Goofy always means well, his amiable cluelessness and klutzy pratfalls regularly embarrass his awkward adolescent son, Max. When Max's lighthearted prank on his high school principal finally gets his longtime crush, Roxanne, to notice him, he asks her on a date. Max's trouble at school convinces Goofy that he and the boy need to bond over a cross-country fishing trip like the one he took with his dad when he was Max's age, which throws a kink into his son's plans to impress Roxanne. It's streaming on Disney+, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 44, and the audience gave it a 70. Wow. That's really low, critics. That's really, really low. (laughs) This is my absolute favorite Disney movie of all time and nothing in the world could ever change my mind about it um so I'm gonna be biased this entire review (laughs) um I also he Max was my very first uh cartoon crush so hurry uh can't help it no (laughs) I think between this and Minerva Mink they wanted us all to be bisexual furries (laughs) Because Max was adorable, Roxanne was adorable, and Minerva Mink, so... Well, you know, our childhood was weird, but it was better than the childhood of the kids today. Oh, kids <laughs> these days. Don't get Gen Z on our asses, okay? Uh, I can't help it get off my fucking lawn, kids. I don't even have a lawn. Okay, <laughs> this movie starts very brilliantly. Not only does it set up max's crush on roxanne via a dream mm-hmm. but he his entire dream is basically about how terrified he is of hitting puberty mm-hmm. and turning into his father yes like but puberty is very scary <laughs> it is i think they did a lot of great things with especially for a cartoon with how realistic things were for the kinds of shit that the teen this teenage kid was going through with crushes and awkward like laughter that embarrasses the shit out of him because it's like his dad's laugh and um like just the every every step he takes it's just like oh you're so awkward and it it's like a brilliant show of what it's like to be a kid going through puberty and trying to not be a nerd like his whole thing is I'm not going to be a nerd anymore after today (laughs) Well, and this movie really wasn't about George Goof. It was about Max. Yeah, it really was, yeah. Goof, I love Goofy. I really do. But through this whole movie, I was like, please stop. <laughs> this, is yeah. not, this is not okay. Stop forcing your son into all of this shit. Like, I'm not even mad that he, like, forced him to go on this father-son bonding trip because... Like, you're a kid, and that if that's what your dad plans to do, then that's kind of what you're stuck doing. You know, we all kind of did things that we didn't really want to do because our parents made us. But then there's things along the way on this trip, but we're going to come back to that in a second. But there's things along the way where it's just like, okay, that's one step too far. Like, bonding with your son is one thing, but you got to meet him in the middle. You can't force him on a trip he doesn't want to go on and then also make him do a bunch of shit on that trip that he doesn't want to do. Oh, I agree, and I think we'll come back to that a little more, because there are certain things I want to say about it, but we haven't talked about anything else yet, and we can't, no. Yeah, no, and we cannot skip 
that beginning performance of his, the first song of the movie, because everything up so well it sets up his crush his friendships him wanting to be popular yeah all all in one song it was so good it also does a good job of showing us like the kids in the high school and it is high school right yeah it's high school um all the kids in the high school and what they're like and how they're so excited about how school is over and or almost over and they get to like be free and then you you just see a bunch of different people in the neighborhood so it kind of just builds up the entire like expectation of the movie like this is what it's going to be like it does song <laughs> like it's great world building and this movie had a lot of good songs in it of course if you buy the soundtrack it's kind of five good songs and then a <laughs> bunch of boat noises and background clanging yeah. Yeah, I regret nothing. I did buy the soundtrack, and I would buy it again if I had to. <laughs> well, those most of the songs are bangers. Yeah, yeah. Outside of one. I had a least favorite song. I would have rather listened to the car noises. than. I'm curious what that is. Do you want to share that now or later? Later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so yeah, so he's on his way to school, and he has this plan of impressing Roxanne and also just coming out as like I'm not a goof well haha, I didn't even mean it as goof goofy um I'm not this goofy kid I'm I'm not just a nerd like I'm cool and you're all gonna notice me now um I don't think it was just about Roxanne that was the main focus for him but he wanted everybody else to think he was cool too he and I, I love his friends so much for being so totally in to help him. I mean, Bobby, uh, we're going to talk about him some more later, but Bobby is at least getting something out of it. I mean, it's spray can cheese, but still, it's what he wants, and he's getting that. Um, PJ is just doing it because he's such a good friend. Like, even though he's like, my dad's going to kill me if he finds out I took this camera. If anything happens to it, I'm dead. And he's still doing it, and I love PJ for that. Yeah, which is especially poignant because we find out later that PJ's dad is a dickhead but weird friend Bobby is introduced (laughs) so well in the first five seconds he's in the movie he drinks through a straw from a water fountain (laughs) and then says slurpage (laughs) it's like okay I don't need to know anything else about this person he is Rob Schneider (laughs) I mean, the actor is not Rob Schneider, but no, Bobby he's... is Rob Schneider. Hey, it's mm. Bobby Schneider. Mm. It might as well have been Rob Schneider, I guess. But even better for me, anyway, was Polly Shore, who I grew up absolutely fucking loving. I watched everything that he was in. And then as an adult, I went, this is just a side note, but I went and saw him live doing a comedy show. And he's the dirtiest motherfucker ever. Can't say I was exactly surprised about it. But still, it was one of those like, oh, God, my childhood. <laughs> They're was all like awesome. that. It's I the know. Bob it, like, yeah. effect. It's, I love it's, Bob Saget. <laughs> I mean, you do. And I love Polly Shore. <laughs> I don't think he's as dirty as Bob Saget. I don't think anybody could be. I know. And, um, <laughs> now, I love the principal because Wallace Shawn is one of those really iconic actors from everything. 
he always has that voice and he always has that affect and that little mole principal thing that he was could have just been Wallace Shawn motion captured and furred on top. Uh, it could have been what? The actor Wallace Shawn just motion captured uh, and covered yeah. in fur. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, there is no mistake in that voice. There, There's just no way for you to just be like, oh, who is this? You know immediately who he is if you've ever seen him in anything. And if you were around in the 90s, you've seen him in shit. <laughs> Inconceivable. He's, he, I almost missed that for a second there. Um, He's in Clueless, right? I think that was my main. He is. I went to with this, yeah. Um, I went to the Princess Bride because I'm cooler than you. Huh. Debatable. (laughs) I loved Roxanne. I love that she wasn't like the most popular, coolest chick in school. We saw a bunch of other people in the world building and there were way more like popular cheerleader, pretty girls. And Mm. she was just like shy little dork. Yep. And she was pretty, but like the fact that she wasn't the unattainable popular girl that he was lusting after made their courtship feel really cute and not just shallow. Yeah, I agree. She even got all, like, giggly and, like, bye, bye a few times, like, when yeah. they first, I think it was when he asked if she would go to, I think it was Stacy's like, viewing of the, um, of the concert, but, yeah, she okay. got all giggly and adorable, which was great. Uh, Stacy is the best Wayne man in the world. Hell yeah. Stacy, in general, she was almost my pick for favorite character. She was She's, my pick for favorite. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. And you know what? You won't be surprised with mine either. And you'll understand why she ended up being second for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was. I love that she was like the smart girl. She was up there making that speech about all this shit and whatever. But she was also the girl who's throwing a party. Uh, to watch this concert at her house and then she's also the one that's like yeah okay go get it girl you want you want him I'm gonna shove you to him now and then also as soon as Max gets popular um, there's like some chick hitting on him outside and she's like no he belongs to Roxanne like get your hands off of him and I love that she was awesome she was amazing her party wasn't just a party, though. It was a party to watch the Powerline concert and also to save the rainforest. <laughs> That's true. Adorable. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Um, I think all of the introductions to characters were like that, though, where you're just immediately, you know who this person is. A hundred percent. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. I know this character now. There is no, there are no surprises later. You know, they just are that person and you get to know them immediately. It was great. Yeah. And that was very well set up since most of these characters don't really have a lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the movie is just about Max and Goof. Um, I was actually surprised that Goofy was as good at his job as he is because most of the time, (laughs) In every other media we see him in, mm-hmm. he is an incompetent boob. <laughs> yeah. But he's so good with the kids and taking pictures of them. And yeah, I am I'm happy for him in that moment that he had something that he found that was his thing. 
And then he fucks it up and probably quits. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. But yeah, probably. I love, too, that um, Pete is like, oh, let me show you how it's done. And then this little girl comes there and, like, gives him hell. It was so good. And, uh, like, that little girl running away with her diapers off was just hilarious to me as a kid, I remember. And it was still pretty funny as an adult. (laughs) But, yeah, Pete, I mean, in everything that Pete has ever been in, I think he's been the asshole. But, like, he is the worst in this movie, I think. Like, compared to anything else he's been in. He has been around since the original Disney Mickey Mouse shorts. So, Mm -hmm. he's been evil in a wide variety of different ways. He used to be an evil steamboat captain who foiled Mickey Mouse and then Mickey Mouse foiled him. Mm. But this version of Pete is more of a this human exists in real life sort of person where he's just like a bad father who wants to keep his kid under his Thumb, and he mm-hmm. comes off as borderline abusive but maybe not but maybe yeah with how scared pj is of him i wouldn't be surprised even if it's not physically abusive like there's definitely abuse there yeah at worst he's very manipulative yeah definitely yeah he says something along the lines of i think um goofy says that max like loves him and he's like hey my son respects me and it's just like that's not <sighs> It's not what you're supposed you, to be proud of. <laughs> you've actually ruined this entire experience for me because that was my favorite. Oh, fuck off. I keep doing that. <laughs> Shit. I Take, think it's not something it. I would say in my actual life, but I mm-hmm. think that as a parent watching, that was like the centerpiece of the movie for me. Hmm. That conversation. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm not a parent and... I can say I understand as, like, a teacher who's around kids all the time and also an aunt, like, respect is important. You do want, like, your kids or whatever, whatever kids you're around to respect you, and I totally understand the importance of that, but it shouldn't be above, especially when it's your children, it shouldn't be above them loving you. No. And, yeah, it that, that line alone, I think, proves what an asshole dad he is. And just what an asshole he is, because the whole time he is just fucking with Goof. And, like, he's not doing it because he actually cares about Goofy and is, like, worried about Max and is trying to help or anything like that. Because, like, when he tells him about the map, he's not lying. He's telling the truth. But he's doing it in the, oh, I'm so sorry to be the bearer of bad news guy thing. But he's not actually. He's just like, yeah, I'm so happy about this because it just fucks everything up for you even more. That map is just the LOL moment of this movie because it's like, oh, maps. People used to use maps and they weren't on a phone. It was just like a paper map. <laughs> well, beyond that, too, he changes the... It was so stupid. He changes the direction from wherever they're going to Los Angeles. I can't remember where the other location is. But it's like, it's he literally circ- circles the words Los Angeles instead of whatever the place was they were going to. Like if, because he didn't have control of the map yet when he did that. Did he just think that if Goofy looked at the words Los Angeles, he wasn't going to realize that this is fucked with? Like, what, how did he think that was going to work? To be fair, Goofy is real dumb. That's true. Like, That's he true. almost drives them into oncoming traffic. 
Mm-hmm. He says, oh, navigating is a big responsibility. You know what else is a big responsibility, Dad? Driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not. He probably shouldn't be a dad. I mean, like, his heart is in the right place, but nothing else is, basically. Well, I think that's what's kind of difficult about this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a better movie in some respects, if it hadn't been a goofy movie, if it had just been a dad and his kid, because Mm. it would have been way more relatable. Whereas it being a goofy movie, Max kind of has to be the more mature one by nature. And it throws off the dynamic of what should have been. Mm. Because Goofy can't be the mature one. He can't be the responsible one because it's not his character. Yeah, I think as a kid, those are things you don't realize or pay attention to. But then, yeah, watching it as an adult, you're just like, oh, this is so fucked. And I wonder what it would have been like, though, if it were an actual, like, mature, responsible person as a dad rather than Goofy. I wonder how the movie would have played out. Oh, I guess we'll never know. I'm sure there's an equivalent to this movie out there somewhere. We'll just have to find it. But I bet you in that equivalent, they don't go to Lester's Possum Posse Jamboree. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about that, please? Because I want to. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you start before I say anything. I went to Disney World as a child, and that Possum Posse Jamboree is a parody of their country bear jamboree. (laughs) And I went on that experience when I was, like, (laughs) seven And it has the weirdest, most jerky animatronic animals, so many redneck stereotypes. And it was an experience that people either love deep in their soul or hate so much that you feel like you're outside your own body watching yourself watch it. And (laughs) that scene in the movie was so perfectly that experience. Wow. And I could see Max having the same experience I had had when I was a kid. And it's just like, (laughs) oh my God, this feels like I feel this yeah and to know that Disney was willing to shit on themselves like that was kind of (laughs) respectable (laughs) see and I didn't know that because I've still never been to Disney World lucky me um but okay so I don't remember how I felt about it as a kid I don't think I had much of a problem with it as an adult that was one of the scenes where I was just like this is going on too long. I want it to be over now because it was to the point of uncomfortable. It was funny in some ways, but at the same time, like I thought the the actual show itself was funny with the old man who's like falling asleep and then like the song skips. So he like slams on the thing. So it, it'll continue on. I thought that was funny. Um, I thought the little kid sitting there and like yodeling and staring at Max with a big, huge smile. And like, that was adorable. But then, like, there were parts of it where I was just like, no, oh, my gosh, please stop. This is, like, it's cringy. It's making me uncomfortable, and I can't. Um, I also watched it with my boyfriend, who has never seen a Goofy movie until this viewing of it. And he was just like, why? Why does it have to be this awful? Why does Goof have to be this much of a moron? Like, he was so sick of it, especially the possum scene. I think that's the intended reaction, though. I think he's supposed to be that awful. And I think this experience 
is supposed to be that cringy because this movie was made for children and mm-hmm. you're supposed to relate to how uncomfortable Max is and they have yeah. to do that by making you uncomfortable. And they did a great damn job with it because, yes, I really was. I'm sure as a kid I was too, but especially as an adult, I was just like, oh, this poor kid. <laughs> yeah, And I think they did a great job with details like that. And they, in general, had a lot of little Easter eggs. And I'm not talking about the times that Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck show up. Mm. But in the song On the Open Road, there is a guy tied up and bound in someone's trunk singing along. And there's a cop and the cop doesn't see him. So that guy's probably super dead. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a great joke that I feel like I didn't really notice when I was a kid, but I noticed it now. I think, in general, that whole song with all of the different characters that show up and sing their little versions of songs, of the song, I mean, or, like, their lines, was just really, really, really clever. And I enjoyed it as a kid as far as, like, the lyrics were funny and, and, you know, the song was fun and all that kind of stuff. But as an adult, I enjoyed it even more because there was so much variety and I was just sitting there going oh my gosh they actually thought up all of these different minor characters that were unnecessary in the movie because I think we see them at the Powerline concert later a lot of them like the nuns are there for example um but like in the in the in that song there's just so many random characters and they all have their own lines and they all have their own little like quirks and it's so good and I love that they came up with all of that even if it was just for that one song yeah and I feel like there is really a good place that they did right as far as this road trip thing Mm. in getting the differences between the two characters and how what their motivations were Mm. Max didn't want to be there but Goofy really didn't seem like he was trying to reach out to Max Mm -hmm. He was trying to make the trip exactly the same as the ones he used to take with his own father, not taking into account that he and Max are not the same kid. Yeah. And he's trying to recreate the ways his father bonded with him rather than bonding with Max in ways that are meaningful to both of them. Yeah. And I feel like that problem could have been solved if they'd set it up a different way. Like maybe the Disney cliche death of Goofy's father, it would have hit harder emotionally, but it also would have set up his side of the conflict way better than what we got. And it would have made the scene in the car later where Goofy tells Max that he and his father did a lot of camping when he was little mean something else. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it didn't really hit for me. Yeah, I think they couldn't have done that just based on who Goofy was because they didn't really break that whole thing of Goofy being Goofy until he gets fed up with Max when he, I think it's when he finds out about the map or it's when they, yeah, it's when they actually make the turn for Los Angeles instead of wherever it was they were going. Um, Lake Destiny, Idaho. Oh, that's what it was. Lake Destiny, Idaho. Yes. Um, But yeah, he only gets upset and like basically starts yelling at Max and kind of opening up about everything a little bit more after that and if it had happened before that it would have been kind of out of character if he had talked about his dad or if there was some sort of build up to it unless they showed us which they easily could have done if they had shown us like a flashback of Goof with his dad that might have made it a little more meaningful yeah maybe 
Yeah. But it still stands that he should have been trying to reach out to Max yeah. rather than trying to make Max reach out to him when Max didn't even want to be there. Yeah, exactly. He was trying to listen to music like, okay, you forced your kid to come on this road trip. Just let him listen to his music at least, you know, like let him have that. If he has to be in the car going to this place, he doesn't have, he doesn't want to go. Let him at least have his music. Well, and they did end up getting there when Max started to be allowed to pick the stops. Mm -hmm. And it was good to see Goofy get a taste of his own medicine there. Mm -hmm. Because him being at the monster trucks and the roller coaster was almost like Max being at the possum park. And I feel like at that point, he finally got, oh, this is how you felt when I made you do that. You hated that. And then, and then Max also chooses the big yarn or whatever house place that they go to. And that's what Goofy missed, is he didn't do that for Max. He didn't find the equivalent of the yarn place for Max. Yeah, and the compromise was learned, mm-hmm. but I wish that the compromise had come from the parent and not from the child. Yes, I agree. And I feel like that was a problem of it being Goofy. Goofy would not have been capable of doing that. No. Well, he couldn't see his own errors. He couldn't see that he was, what he was doing and why it was wrong. That's the whole thing about Goofy is he's not smart enough to figure that out. Especially when he had Pete the entire time trying to tell him that he should be, you know, more forceful and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Pete... And his relationship with Goofy actually factors into why Goofy is my least favorite character. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pete is worse because, Mm -hmm. obviously, but he wasn't a major character. Of the major characters, I think Goofy was the worst because it's almost easy to feel bad for him because he's trying to make moments with his son. Mm -hmm. But the more time goes he clearly doesn't give a shit what Max wants to do. He just wants Max to be more like him. Right. And he sees how miserable PJ is from the way Pete treats him. Mm -hmm. And he treats Max exactly the same way after seeing how miserable PJ is. And it's just like, it's one thing for a person to just be that way. It's another thing for you as an outsider with more emotions to look at that and see how miserable that child is and go, well, that's what I want from my son. Yeah, I agree. Like he is more vulnerable to peer pressure than Max is. And Max is a fucking child. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely not a good dad. He was not a, I mean, we don't really see him interact with many others besides Pete, I guess. Um, But yeah, he, he was not a good dad. He, Like I said, I don't think he should have been a dad. That should have been a thing. But hey, I'm glad at least he was because we had Max. But (laughs) In the mythos of Goofy, in Mm. the extended universe of Goofy, Mm. he is a good dad sometimes. But I don't think he's capable of being a better dad than he is. Mentally, physically, I think he does the best he can. Mm. And I think that's the best we can say about it. But he has made some sacrifices for his son. And we'll get there because we're going to be talking about an extremely goofy movie next time in our bonus. (laughs) And you'll find out then exactly what kind of a dad he is. But for now, (laughs) he's a shitty dad. He's a shitty dad, yeah. Well, towards the end of the movie, he's not. Towards the end of the movie, he I think he kind of... 
fix it. I mean, he it, you can't fix things with how much he had, like, made poor Max suffer through the trip. But after they have that, oh, I, I don't remember which song it is right now, but when they almost die and they're on the car and they're singing their father-son song, um, he starts to kind of understand. They both kind of start to understand one another. Like, okay, I get it. You're not a little kid anymore and I love you and you know blah 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 and I mean Max had already understood where Goof was coming from so they kind of start to see haha I tie but so I think that's when kind of we do see the change in Goofy especially with all the like almost death situations they're in which I'm gonna go back to I have to try not to remember that because I will um but like, because of all of that, he does end up making it up by, like, saying, okay, we have to get you to the power, power line concert, we have to get you on stage, blah, 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 and, like, that's still not something that Goofy wants to do, but he does it for his son, you know? For the record, the song you're talking about is called Nobody Else But You, and it's my least favorite song in the entire soundtrack, oh, and I wish it weren't in the movie. Song. I hate it. <laughs> um there is a line in that song when Max says, whatever mess I land in, who is always understanding? Oh. And the entire premise of this movie is that Max got in a slight bit of trouble at school and mm-hmm. Goofy did not understand the mess he landed in and therefore yeah, blew yeah. it out of proportion. So you know, that's- I will- <laughs> that makes me wonder, actually, sorry, I totally cut you off, but I hadn't thought of this before. I wonder if they somehow didn't mention that PJ was in trouble. No, they did. Because he comes out of the the principal's office, like, terrified. Mm -hmm. But, like, Pete takes him. I mean, granted, it's not like it's a vacation necessarily. It's not like it's for PJ, the camping trip they take. But he takes him on this camping trip. And we see PJ dancing with his headphones on and singing to Paraline and, like, having a good time. I mean, he's cleaning while he's doing it, so his dad is still a dick. But, like, he's not exactly punished. Not any more than I'm imagining is usual for what, you know, the way that Pete treats him. True. I think that was my favorite moment of Max and PJ's friendship. He's just, like, PJ is shaking his ass and belting (laughs) it out. And Max catches him, and he laughs at him. And there's a little bit of teasing, but it's so good-natured. And, like, I'm never going to tell anybody, but I'm going to give you some shit about it. (laughs) Yeah, I love... That's one of my favorite things, is the friendship between the three boys, especially PJ and Max, but all three of them. I loved seeing their friendship. Every scene that they were in together was just great. Sadly, we didn't have more from Bobby, who, by the way, is my favorite character. Um, But... Like, I mean, how could he not be my favorite character? He eats cheese out of a cheese whiz can. And he's Polly Shore. I think I had a crush on Polly Shore without realizing I had a crush on Polly Shore because Polly Shore was not cute, like ever. <laughs> but I always loved him and everything. So hey, um, cute doesn't always matter. Exactly. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go back to the scene though before I forget. Um Bigfoot. Oh, I love Bigfoot in this damn movie so much. I want to snuggle him. (laughs) Bigfoot is that guy at a party who's never had liquor before and then pounds five (laughs) vodka Red Bulls. Yes. 
<laughs> like eventually Max's Walkman batteries are gonna die and he's gonna rampage a village. <laughs> yeah. He's the the way and this is this is something I used to do to my sister to make her laugh. Like no matter what, it always made her laugh, even if she was in a shit mood. You know when he gets when he first gets the headphones on his head, and then he's like trying to fight it off, and then it's staying alive, and he hears the music, and he starts to like it, and then he does the little like shoulder bump thing, not bump, like the shoulder bounce thing that he does when he's starting to dance, and he's like surprised by his own body movements. That oh. is so funny to me. I am doing the finger thing right now. Yes, the finger thing too. I did I used to do that to my sister just like start moving my shoulders and staring at my own shoulders in shock and she would just crack up every time well and this movie had a ridiculous amount of voice talent in it though because that yeti is (laughs) scooby-doo is it actually scooby-doo frank welker the voice of scooby-doo no yeah that makes sense now okay yeah, these people have been in some of the best animated shows of all time. Static Shock, Animaniacs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the one from when we were kids. Oh, yay. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> do do we does anybody know or do you know who does the voice of the like fat lady who sings with Paraline? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I feel like I might have looked it up at some point in like the history of this movie and like at some, well okay at some point when I had internet while this movie was out um, and I don't think I could ever fit, find it out um, maybe I didn't look hard enough but I love her voice so that was it um, I think she might be an actual singer because the song Eye to Eye is credited as uh oh shit doesn't it Tevin Campbell and someone else oh is it okay yeah well I should just look at the soundtrack instead of trying to search on the internet duh yeah at least the last time we listened to it on YouTube a few days ago it was credited (laughs) as both of them okay I'll look it up Tevin Campbell had some bangers in this movie though like aren't almost all of the songs his like like well I mean eye to eye is and then well he's power line yeah so so yeah, so a few of them are. Um, I love though in the first. I didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about it, but in the first song with Max, when he's he, what does he say? I can't remember the exact line, but he does this like. I'm gonna say sexy. I mean, I'm a grown person now, so I don't. I'm not. I don't think it's actually sexy, but I think as a kid, I was just like, oh, I love that he's being sexy. You know, in that way, where you, when you're a kid, you think it's sexy. Um, he says some stupid line in the song in that first song, but then also, um, he does it when um when he's doing the stage performance. Oh, it's when he's like like sing talking at Roxanne when he's dressed up as Powerline. I just remember thinking that was the coolest thing. And then he does the moonwalk. I was, yeah, I had such a crush on Max. I named my, I don't, did you ever like name your bike growing up or whatever you had like a bike if you didn't have a bike? I cannot ride a bike. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of myself. I'm the least athletic person in the world, but I was, I was really good on a bike. But anyway, I named my bike Max because it was a cool thing to do. Name your bike. And, uh, of course, I named it Max. Um, anyway. Yeah. I have Owen Teague body. I can't balance on a bike. I can't balance on my f- 
fucking feet, but I can balance on a bike. Or actually, I don't know if I still can. They say it's easy as riding a bike, but I'm not sure I believe that when it comes to actually riding a bike. I'm not gonna. Yeah, try. my right side's five eleven. My left side's five nine. <laughs> um, well, maybe don't try then. <laughs> don't hurt yourself. Well, um, yeah. What I loved about this movie in general is the moral of the story was not like beat over your head. I feel like a lot of Disney movies, especially these days, when they have a moral, they want you to figure out. They tattoo it on a fish and then slap you across the face with it and say, <laughs> learn it, learn it, learn it. It's not lying. It's forgiveness. And in this one, they kind of let you come to that conclusion on your own. Yeah. And well, I loved that he got away with it and he still confessed. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's the thing about this movie that I liked so much where it was, there was a lot of like emotional stuff in it, but it was a feel good movie at the end, like through the whole thing it was, you know, like even when Max is miserable, like, I mean, there's a couple of scenes that get really sad, but for the most part, even at the like um, possum place, he's like the songs are still funny. The things that are happening are funny, even though he's miserable and you're feeling kind of awkward about it um, as you're watching. Still, there's a lot of comedy throughout the scenes. So it's like it didn't ever get too sad for too long, which I really like. I feel like Disney movies, especially more recent ones, do that where you're just like, OK, my heart has been ripped out of my chest. Stop. <laughs> and to be fair. The movie Up is like that, and I still like the movie, so I'm not knocking newer Disney movies. I'm just saying I like that this movie wasn't like that. Yeah, I have not seen Up, but I can... There's still time. Is Up <laughs> a newer Disney movie to you? Isn't it like God, six so years old, old now? So ancient. It might be older than that, because when did the Despicable Me movies come out? Because I'm pretty sure Up was before those, or at around the time of the first one. So, I need to know that question. We're I'm a million ancient. years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, <no>. And <sighs> even though we're ancient, and mm-hmm. Max is a pouty teenager, I still mm-hmm. can kind of relate to his plight. Because, like, getting a date with someone you like and then immediately having to cancel and risk losing her is fucking harsh. Yeah, it really is. Especially because he's so brave about it because he goes to that door and her dad opens it and he's just like, okay. I love the little, like, does Roxanne live here? Does she even live on this street? Well, and, and they set up him feeling like he had to lie very well because she basically said, well, I guess I could go with someone else. And, and what was he going to say shitty. at that point? That was so shitty. Like, wh- I get it. Like, it sucks that he was, like, canceling on you and that probably feels awful. But, like, I guess I can go with somebody else is a really bad reaction to that when, like, you could have at least asked, like, what's going on why are you not going to be here and actually talk to him but okay teenage girl never mind (laughs) but it was so it was still shitty yeah it was the harsh but yeah um I haven't mentioned my favorite quote yet and I'm gonna cheat and say that I have two because one of them can be mine didn't wait didn't you already have one didn't I ruin your quote is that what you mean that I ruined Oh. You have to give me you can take your... you can take a guess. I bet if you guessed, you would guess at least one of my favorites. No, go ahead. 
Okay, and I and I've said this in real life, both of these many times. I mean, one of them is more specific to the movie, but um, the nerd guy in the audience who goes, "Yo, Stacy, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby." That is the best thing. I yeah. I say that just regularly sometimes, and if somebody hasn't seen the movie, they look at me kind of oddly. But you know, that's okay. Um, and then I had to have a Bobby quote. Um, when they're sitting there waiting to see the principal and he doesn't give a single fuck about it because this boy gets into trouble like daily um and he's playing with his cheese whiz uh-huh. and he says hey max look it's the leaning tower of cheese it's so good it's so poly sure <laughs> well i'll say this much about bobby he is 100 percent coded as a drug addict yes Yep. Not only because of the way he talks and the way he dresses and the earring, but the way that he talks about the cheese whiz like it's drugs. Yeah. This oh, is well, like, they... held, like, guard my cheese whiz. I have to yeah. It's like, no, it's like you're giving him your baggie of pot. Well, when they give him the cheese whiz to as payment to help them, they give it to him in a paper bag. So, yeah, it was definitely code for drugs. <laughs> Uh, and then he goes in and talks to the principal, and I love how, like, familiar they are with one another, because he's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> he doesn't yeah. say what's up, but basically that. Yeah, he's like, principal, like, he's, <laughs> he, he gives no shits. Really, he doesn't. Oh, and then also, I didn't say this, but Max dancing with the assistant to the principal when he she's on the chair and he's like swinging her around because Roxanne said yes to go on a date with him and she's and then the principal is like trying to tell her to call Goof and she's like yes sir right away sir it's so good okay <laughs> not only is that adorable but it is him being like his father because his father <laughs> wanted to dance with him at the beginning Everybody and he doesn't even realize people. That yep. he's picking up those traits. And it's part of his personality. And that happens when you have a parent. You pick up things and you don't even realize it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I like John Mellencamp. When did that happen? <laughs> hey, I always like John Mellencamp. So maybe if I have kids, my kids will say that and be like, what the fuck? Who the fuck <laughs> is John Mellencamp even? <laughs> now, as speaking of people dancing with Max, we're going to talk about the possum. Um yeah. I don't normally advocate for hitting theme park employees, but if a child or any person says, don't touch me, and you're not a cop, don't fucking touch them ever. Yep. He deserved to get punched, and he deserved to get attacked by all those kids afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. It was awful. (laughs) Yeah, that whole thing, that's what I'm saying, is like that whole... I think it just went on too long and I just felt so uncomfortable and I think you're right it is that was the point of it but still I didn't like it I would love to know if it hit you or anyone out there who has been to the country bear jamboree the same way it hit me probably not me because I haven't been so I 12 minutes of my life that I pretty much left my body I'm sorry that you had to experience that the first time when you actually went to the thing and then when you had to watch the movie. (laughs) (sighs) I'm glad I've never been to Disney World as a kid. (laughs) Um, You said your uh, least favorite song. What's your most favorite song? 
cool. I was unprepared for that. Ooh, I like asking you questions you're not prepared for. Um, I have two. Do you want to borrow one? <laughs> oh, God. Do you to steal mine first? Oh, um, no, I'll let you go first. Standout is probably my favorite one just because it's the one that I think has most potential for me to listen to it outside of the movie. That's a really good one. And it wasn't one of mine. Oh, then what are yours? My first favorite is Eye to Eye. I can't not sing that song. I sing that song just regularly. I like it is one of those songs that when it comes on, this is going to be a stretch, but it's like, um, I don't know, like living on a prayer. If it comes on, I want everybody in the world to sing along. You know what I mean? It's one of those songs. It's just iconic. Um, And then my second one is After Today which I've already talked about, but I was going to say, I forgot to mention this at the start, but I, when I said I'm like a huge fan of this movie and how big it was to my childhood and that it's my favorite Disney movie and blah, blah, blah. And this is going to start leading towards like my final rating. <laughs> but um, they did, I think it was at the El Capitan, El, El Capitan Theater. Um, they did like a, not a live showing of it, but like a big screen showing of it. And I took my niece to it and I highly recommend it once we're able to go out again for anybody who gets the chance to, um, especially if you have somebody who is younger to take to it. Um, I think she had probably seen the movie once before. I'm imagining I had forced her to watch it as a younger kid, but um, I took her to it and there was somebody dressed up as Max and we took pictures with Max and it was like, it was one of those moments where little me was screaming in excitement Uh, And then the entire movie, and I feel like some people would hate this, but it worked through the entire movie where people like me who were either singing along to the songs or some of the lines, like the whole audience was saying out loud with the movie. And that could be annoying for any other movie. But when it's your like childhood movie, it's one it's like a concert experience where the whole audience sings along with, you know, or sings like takes over and sings for the artist it was like that the whole time I had like tears in my eyes I was so emotional and then getting to share that with my niece was really special for me so ugh, that was gross <laughs> but, but yeah I highly recommend it if anybody is as crazy about this movie and gets that opportunity that's funny because it's kind of the thing they do with the Rocky Horror Picture Show with the call and answer shit yes and yeah you did it with a goofy movie <laughs> Well, maybe someday I'll be able to experience it with Rocky Horror because they do that here too. I, I know they do. I don't know where exactly, but I know that they do. Well, good luck with that. You need to come over and visit and then we can go together because I have literally nowhere, no one else in my life to take with me. Oh, I'll I just can't. pop down the road and be there in eight days. <laughs> I'll let you know ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I think I, think I covered everything I had to say do you have anything else to add I have a final rating dad Ooh, okay what is your final rating 82 <gasps> I generally liked the movie and I think the comedy usually hit the morals of the story like the compromising and appreciating your family while you have them and the value of honesty they were there and the movie didn't beat you over the head with them mm-hmm. um Nobody else but you lost the movie about 10 points for me, to be honest. (laughs) I wanted that to be over very quickly. Um, 
I feel like there was a lot of good setup and payoff, though. Mm. So the rating stayed pretty high. I It hurt me to even knock off one point, and that is literally all I knocked off. I gave it 99% because it is my favorite movie that I could watch a million times and never get sick of it. And I literally knocked off one point for the possum scene making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I don't think it ever did in the past, like, to this point. But this time when I watched it again, I was just like, please stop. I want it to be over now. I love the possum scene. So <laughs> I, I couldn't. Especially when they're, like, laughing at him, like, in a circle. All these, like... For the most part, like older people. I mean, there were some kids too. Although I will say that one asshole kid kind of saved it for me, where he was like, "What does he call them?" Like, I don't know, like something like Goof and Goof Junior. It's not Goof, but you know, something like that. Dork and Dork Junior. Dork, yeah. Dork All I could hear was "Problem Child, Son of Dork." Oh no, another childhood movie. Don't do that. <laughs> Oh, problem child. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that some other time, maybe. We'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, I don't know, it hasn't last, lost its charm in however long it's been around for me. And the soundtrack alone gives it 99%. <laughs> You're so much easier than I am. I know. <laughs> nostalgia. I can't. I can't with nostalgia. <laughs> one well, of these days, I'm going to have a low rating for one of my movies. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but you're going to have to with nostalgia moving forward because mm-hmm. next week we're back to our regularly scheduled movies. But the week after that, mm-hmm. we're going to have another bonus episode where we will review an extremely goofy movie starring Max and George Goof. Yay. And that one I haven't seen a million times. So we'll see. Maybe I'll have a lower rating for that one. In the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at millennials at the movies. Twitter, Millennials ATM, and my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. See you guys next time. Bye.